0: How are we all? All right. So, 10 days of prayer and fasting, which is kicking off today. It's a really uh, deliberate time that we set aside at the beginning of the year to incentively seek the face of the Lord for what he has for our church and for us individually for the next year. Um, so, it's a really important time. Before I get into the message, I just wanted to quickly run through some logistics for the 10 days. Right, so most nights of the week for the 10 days starting tonight, we'll be meeting here at the church. And if you could look at the calendars that went around for the times, I think it's on social media as well. Um, and there'll be time of focused prayer for an hour. Um, Saturday morning, we're doing a prayer walk. So the plan is um, to start at Centenary Lakes. We're going to walk from Centenary Lakes. We'll meet there at probably about 8.45 for a 9am start walk up to the the hub at Caboolture, we'll do a lap of the hub, go down to the courthouse and then back to Centenary Lakes. And if it's about 25 k, and if you don't want to walk 25 k, you can meet us at the hub at 9.15 and do a lap of the hub with us there. Um, There's something really powerful about actually stepping out and taking ground in our town and praying as we walk And I know a lot of our teams go out into those spaces every week and will continue doing that this year. So I think it's it's going to be really powerful if our church gets behind them in prayer and just walks out those spaces on Saturday. Um, Lastly, fasting. Okay, so fasting will supercharge your prayers like nothing else. Um, If you haven't considered fasting over these 10 days, I would encourage you to start considering that now. Um, you don't have to fast from food for the whole time, although you can. You can fast from food for a set period of time. You can fast from certain types of food. Or you could pick something else like maybe technology to fast from. I, re- I think anything that you go to for comfort that is not God is fair game for a fast. So have a think about that. And I encourage you to figure out and decide how long you're going to fast for... What you're going to fast from, write it down and tell somebody so you're accountable. All right. So really what I want to do um, is call your attention back to our mission statement, which is to transform our community through the power and love of Jesus Christ. And really, seeing that vision come to fruition depends first on our prayers. It really, really does. I would say that, that our mission here as a church is completely dependent on the extent to which we pray. All right. So we need to pray. Got it. Second, we actually need to pray with effect. Our prayers need to work. They need. We need to see answers to our prayers. So this morning I want to talk about praying with effect. All right. So I think Ben kind of stole my sermon a little because praying with effect really relies on us praying in faith. It's really simple. Um, but how do we actually practically take hold of praying in faith in our quiet time with the Lord, in our worship, in our when we pray for other people? Um, how do we take hold of praying in faith? So... In Mark 11:24, Jesus says, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." Part of praying effective prayers is believing that it, it's believing that what Jesus says is true. It's believing that the answer is yours before you receive it. And it's it's really interesting, isn't it, that actually receiving it is dependent upon believing that you've received it before you receive it um it's a prerequisite so i think sometimes we don't believe that this kind of faith is for us we think you know there might be you know the special people of the world out there who've got this kind of faith that can pray and believe for these really big things and they see it come to pass i want to say that that kind of faith is what we've been designed for Every single person sitting here has been designed to believe with that kind of faith. And more than that, seeing our community transformed and seeing the kingdom of God come in greater measure on our earth is dependent upon us praying with that kind of faith. Alright, so it's one thing to have faith, it's another thing to pray with that faith faith. when we, when we pick up a problem, when we start to pray about it. So we kind of have to put our faith on. right? Now, practically, John 15, verses 7 to 8. If you turn in your Bibles to that passage, it's a very familiar passage. Um, but one, I think, that bears meditation this morning... It reads, so the words of Jesus, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. So Jesus actually talks about how we can pray effectively in this verse. What, what, what are the sorts of things we need to focus on to pray with effect, to pray and see breakthrough, to pray and see healing, to pray and see answers to our prayers. First thing is abiding. So abiding is that continual relationship with the Lord. And if you picture, you know, the the branch that's connected to the vine, it's receiving all of its nutrition and sustenance from the vine. It's not seeking it from other sources, it's getting it from the vine. There's this there's this exchange that happens. We need to be in that place of continual abiding. Now, we get that from our quiet time, we get that from our, our prayer time, we get that from being in community. Um, I heard a sermon and um, the, the preacher said, a good, le- a good litmus test for how our abiding's going is actually listen to what comes out of your mouth. So you get confronted with a challenge, you get confronted with a problem, what are the words that start coming out of your mouth? What are the thoughts that start coming? Are they negative or are they filled with faith? And sometimes when we're examining ourselves and we're saying, okay, how is my abiding going? What are the first things that start cropping into your head when you come across a challenge? So let's refocus our abiding over these next 10 days of prayer and fasting. Secondly, is his word. So in that passage in John, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. We need to make the word of God a priority in our life. We need to read it. It needs to live inside of us. And if we don't, it will hinder the effectiveness of our prayers. And I think there's a couple of reasons why this is. Number one, so much of prayer is taking the promises of God to him in prayer and saying, Lord, you've promised, do as you've promised. And we won't know what he's promised if we don't know the word. Secondly, we learn to recognise his voice. We learn to recognise how he speaks to us and how he speaks and his character. And we actually are able to pick deception because we know what sounds like God. We know what's consistent with the Word of God. So if you receive something that's claiming to be true, you know, sometimes it can be something from the world, sometimes it can be even something another Christian says to you. Before you receive it as true, you need to make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't, we have a problem. You're not going to know where truth is if you don't know the Word, you're not going to know how to pray in truth if you don't know the word. So, over these 10 days, I want to challenge you all to make the word part of your prayer. Thirdly, we actually need to ask. Isn't that crazy? That we can have, we can be abiding and we can, you know, be reading the word and then if we fail to ask, we won't receive. So, we actually need to ask and I'm going to speak about that next. All right. When we pray in faith and we're in that place of abiding, what we actually discover is that our prayers take on this boldness that perhaps is unusual. It's kind of like, you know, Peter at Pentecost when he started preaching. and he had this boldness you know we're given access to god so that we can come boldly so that place of abiding will result in one of the fruits is a boldness in prayer so f- faith result results in boldness because you can you actually believe what jesus says and all the barriers are removed at that point okay so praying in boldness, all right, I want you to think for a moment of a stormy ocean, okay, so the ocean is a wild, turbulent place, it's chaotic, it is, um, it's rough, there's no peace, there's storms, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a wild place, it's unpredictable. Now, when Jesus told Simon, uh, Simon Peter in Luke verse 5 to set, let down his nets for a catch, It was a picture of men being saved out of the world. And the ocean in the Bible is often a picture of the world. It's this turbulent place. It's this rough, wild, unpredictable, stormy place where people have no peace. And Jesus said, you're going to be fishers of men. You're going to pluck them out of the ocean and bring them into a place of peace. So when we're plucked out of the ocean, when we're saved, when Jesus saves us, a couple things happen. Number one, we're granted citizenship in heaven, Philippians three twenty, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, our, our home is now in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 6, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus So the picture is this, we've been rescued from this chaotic, restless tumult of the world. Spiritually, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ, but physically, we stand here, we're still here. And the Lord kind of, as as I was praying about this, it's like we're standing on the shore of the ocean, and we can see the storm, we can see the people we love in, in the waves, we're standing in this place of peace ourselves, um, but it is—it's this kind of in-between place where we're standing on the shore. Now, what it, what what we have the privilege of, because we are citizens of heaven, is we have this heaven-to-earth connection in the place of prayer. Okay, we're standing on the shore. We have this heaven-to-earth connection, and remaining solid where we stand is actually dependent upon us being intimate regularly with jesus having that quiet time with him and being filled with his word it's what keeps our faith strong and if we if we let it slip if we if the if the the, the things of life if, if you picture them as waves they're coming to bowl you over you know the tide wants to come in it wants to come knock you over I mean, you you are safe on the shore, but that doesn't mean the wave can't come and knock you over um, every now and again. If we drift from our position of closeness with the Lord and reading His Word, we lose effectiveness in prayer. It interrupts that 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 heaven to earth connection that we have in prayer, and we can't. We become ourselves a little bit like a wave in the sea. Okay, and. Um, Faith is really important to prayer and I want to encourage each of you today that everyone sitting here is able to pray powerful and effective prayers and more than that, we depend on you praying powerful and effective prayers. And sometimes the only thing standing between us and powerful and effective prayers is ourselves. Okay. Um, And it's, it's the fact that we stop ourselves through a sense of self-condemnation a lot of the time. You know, we feel like we're not good enough to come to the Lord with this problem. I slipped up in this area. I couldn't possibly bring that to the Lord. You know, we forget that we are able to come boldly to the throne of grace when we've been rescued. Um, and we can be bold always to come to, to God when we've sinned, when we've slipped And that's how we we maintain that place of abiding. So this sense of, you know, when we condemn ourselves is something that I want to talk about. Um, So if you have your Bibles, um, if you can turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. And in this chapter, we have John describing the throne room of heaven. Okay. Okay. Now, we know we're instructed that we can boldly approach the throne of grace when we need help, when we're we're in need. And if you want to understand where you are spiritually when you do that, meditate um, on Revelation chapter 4. So it reads, this is the throne room of heaven, it's amazing. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders, sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like crystal." So some of you might know from your own studies that Solomon's temple um, in the Old Testament actually mirrors the throne room of God that's described in Revelation chapter 4. Now, the tabernacle of Moses in Moses' time and then the temple of the Lord in Solomon's time was the place that was built for the presence of God to dwell and before you get to the altar of the tabernacle or the mercy seat, which was the ark in the temple, there was a piece of furniture called a laver and it was a big washing basin and it sat before the throne or the mercy seat or the, the, um, the altar. And uh, God gives instruction to Moses in Exodus chapter 30 about how the priests had to come and be ceremonially clean, before they could enter the presence of God. They had to wash their hands, they had to wash their feet, lest they die. You know, they had to be clean. There's this thing about being clean before we come into the presence of God. If we look in that verse that I just read in Revelation, it mirrors the the temple, okay? So we've got the throne of God and before it we have this massive this massive sea. If you read in First um, Kings chapter 7, the laver in the temple was also called a sea. Okay? But the one in heaven, we read in the Bible that it's a sea of glass. And some commentators will say that it's actually glass. It's, it's a solid, it's no longer a liquid. Others will say that it's still like glass, but I think the point for us to take home is the same. The priests aren't using it to wash anymore. Before they pro- approach the presence of the Lord. So, if you remember anything from this morning's sermon, I want you to remember that in prayer, you are seated in heavenly places and the sea is glass. You can boldly approach the throne of God. You are not unclean, you are washed. Titus 3 5, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by the washing and regeneration. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11, but you are washed, you are sanctified and justified by the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God, past tense. Now you remember speaking about abiding in Him. In John chapter 13, Jesus talks, Jesus goes to wash his disciples' feet. And Peter's like, Oh Lord, You know, I can't let you wash my feet. And Jesus says to him, Peter, you have to let me wash your feet or you can't have any part in me. And he says, oh, well, if that's the case, wash my whole body, wash my hands, my wash everything. And Jesus says to him, that's not needed. You're already clean. I only need to wash your feet. Okay, so the feet has to do with our daily walk, but our standard is clean. So feet washing is a really important part of our abiding. So we're clean, we can approach the throne of God, but to keep us from drifting in our abiding, we need our feet washed by our brothers and sisters in Christ. When we pray for each other, when we get involved in a small group or in a discipleship group in life advance, what we're actually doing is we're getting in community and we're washing one another's feet, which is crucial to our own abiding which is crucial to effective prayer which is crucial to our mission statement so i want to encourage anyone if you've if you've been struggling with feelings of unworthiness because of of sin or of challenge or of you know anything in your life you know I'm just not I I don't think I can come boldly to the throne of grace I don't think I can pray I don't think that this challenge is one that I can bring to God can I encourage you that it absolutely 100% is if you are a child of God you can bring your problem boldly to the throne of grace to receive help in time of need and you need to do it And secondly, take the brave and bold step in getting community and get your feet washed and wash other people's feet. So, an effective prayer is a prayer that is made in faith, believing that you've received, standing on the finished work of Jesus, coming boldly to the throne of grace. So if we're standing in condemnation of ourselves, we're not going to come boldly. We're going to be hesitant. We're going to be reluctant. We're going to be scared. We're going to just be, you know, unsure. Our prayers won't be effective. So this morning, can can I get the band to come back up um, when you're ready? If you've been struggling with thoughts that tell you you aren't the sort of person who can talk to God and get these sorts of answers to prayer, I want to tell you this morning that the sea is glass and that you can. And so when the band are playing um, the song, I think we'll do Hallelujah Guys, if that's possible. Um, Come forward, come to the front, take a bold step, Take a bold step of faith, come to the front and someone will pray with you and they'll stand with you. Because I believe that over this 10 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to see an increase in the faith in the people in this church. So if you want an increase in faith for this year, come forward and receive prayer. Also, if you've never met the Lord, if you've never been rescued out of the chaotic and tumultuous sea, this morning is your morning. And so you can make that first bold prayer to the Lord and ask him to rescue you. You you put your hand up and he'll take it. I encourage anyone that's like that to come forward for prayer as well. And he will rescue you. So Can I get everyone to stand? And... Just while the song's playing, I just want you to picture that throne room of heaven with the glass sea, where we're spiritual. It's our spiritual home. We're citizens of heaven. Okay, picture that glass sea, and I would encourage everyone, start the ten days of prayer and fasting by coming forward, if the Lord Lord stirred your heart. Thank you.